in today's show. I'm looking at sell-high targets for trades in fantasy basketball leagues. Michael Bolton. Thanks, Josh. It's Michael Bolton here, and it's time for another episode of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Let's get to it. Let's get to it, indeed. You are Locked On Fantasy Basketball, your daily fantasy basketball podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by Basketball Monster. My name is Josh Lloyd and I am the lead fantasy analyst at BasketballMonster.com and at Yahoo Sports Australia. And you can find me on Twitter as always at RedRock underscore Beeble and on Instagram at Locked On Fantasy Basketball. Today, we're looking at sell high options in fantasy basketball leagues. No, you're not going to be able to do this in every league. No, not everyone's going to fall for it. No, how stupid are you, Josh? Yeah, no one can trade these players. Okay, that, that it's fine, but it's worth inquiring. It's worth looking. It doesn't always pay off. And that's the thing with trades is not every time that you offer a trade or you try to do a trade, it's going to come off. But you need to try and look at where trends are heading and what's unsustainable and who might believe what and try and pull it off. And if you get it 10% of the time, you're still coming out in front. But don't just do deals for the sake of doing deals. All right, let's talk about these sell high guys in category leagues. We start things off and Terry Rozier. Now, I believe I said... I don't know if it was yesterday or the day before, that a bit of what Rogier is doing is is sustainable. I, I think he is just a really, really good three-point shooter. But over the last two weeks, he's the ninth-ranked player. I do not, for a single second, believe that will be the case as we move forward. Why is he at such a high level? Well, there's a couple of things. The minutes are great, 35 minutes, but he can do that. He's at 26% usage, and some of that's been the absence of Devontae Graham. He's hitting 95% of his free throws. I believe he's missed one free throw over the last two weeks. He's 19 of 20. Now, he can be an okay free throw shooter, but he's at 80% on the year. He was 87 last year, but before that, 79, 77, 77, 80. So this is absolutely a step up. He's hitting 47% of his threes. And again, very good three-point shooter. 40, uh, what was he, 41% last year, an astonishing 45% this season. But while 45% might pay, maybe he can be a 45% three-point shooter. Very few blokes can do that. Um, he's not a 47% shooter. And he's hitting 61% of his twos. And for reference, he hit 44% of those last year. So again, he is not this level of a shooter. And when you are just absolutely flying in those percentage numbers, his true shooting 69%. Giggity! It's going to come down. He's the 40th ranked player this year. And maybe he's not even a top 40 player uh, for the rest of the season if some of these shooting numbers come down. Everything else, uh, the, the usage, fine. That can stick. The the scoring numbers, 20 points per game, no worries. But he is at an absolute peak in what he's able to do. And you should be looking to trade off from him. I think if you could get any sort of top 30 player back, I would do it. I would even consider it for a top 40 guy, even though he is the 38th ranked player this year. I still, th- I think there will be some level of regression coming in the um, in the shooting percentage numbers, especially for Terry Rozier. But he has been amazing so far this year. Um, I also think maybe his steal numbers can come down. He's never been a good steals player, but they are up this year as well. So he, to me, is a sell-high option. I think Kyle Anderson, while that one's pretty obvious, there is a lot of rumors or murmurs around, hey, I think he's just going to stay this good. I've heard people saying that, and it's not everyone, of course. But he's the 71st ranked player this year. A, uh... a surprise, to be sure, but a welcome one. He's been awesome. 
Now, of course, it helps that Jaron Jackson Jr. hasn't played a second. It helps that the ghost Justice Winslow hasn't played a second. Uh, at some point, I assume they're going to play. Maybe they don't. I, I assume they're going to play at some point. And then you're going to have all these wings that push up like Bain and Melton and those guys push up. And maybe the 28 minutes a night that Kyle Anderson is playing um, is not sustainable. I think that might be fair to assume that. Um, it might also be fair to assume that him having a 20% usage is not a sustainable number for him. This is a guy who's just been low usage basically the entirety of his career, like never at this level. This is what, what I thought he would do maybe a couple of years ago. And then they really, they benched him for Jay Crowder last year and he, and he barely played. And he stepped it up with you know, big, big improvements. He's hitting 38% of his threes, which is up to 43% over the last 11 games. He's getting steals, which is something that he does. He's blocking shots. He's hitting free throws. His true shooting has gone from 54 last year to 61 over the last two weeks and 57 on the year. He's the 55th-ranked player the last two weeks, but importantly, he's the 13th-ranked player over the last week with insane percentages, insane defensive numbers. You're never going to get a top 20 player. You're never going to get a top 50 player back for Kyle Anderson. But as the 72nd-ranked player, if I could get a top 80 guy back for him in a trade, yeah, I would be okay with doing that and using his recent form boost as a, a nice way to move on. Malik Beasley, I think he's the Wolves' second-best player. That doesn't mean he's not outperforming where I think he'll be. He's the 24th ranked guy over the last week. He's averaging 36 minutes a night, and he has talked at length about how he wants to play more minutes. And of course, Ryan Saunders being the good coach that he is. So, well, player asked for it. I better, I better do it. And he's done it. And I'm not saying that's wrong because Beasley should be playing those minutes over a Kogi and whatever other shit is coming off the bench for this team. But um, I still think there is, um, there is going to be a level of drop-off for Malik because we still have to work D'Angelo Russell back in somehow. I don't know how they're going to work D'Angelo Russell back in and where he sits in the pecking order, but his last three games, Malik Beasley, 24 points per game, hasn't missed a free throw, hitting 50% of his threes, getting 24 points, and hitting a whopping six triples per game. His number one fantasy category by an astonishing amount is three-pointers over this last little hot stretch. A huge, huge amount because he is hitting, even over the last seven games, 5.1 threes per game at 47%. Even if you believe in him as a 40% three-point shooter, which I do, um, I, he's not that guy. He's not the guy who's getting 11 threes per game and hitting over five of them, mainly because Russell will take some of those shots and they won't go in at 50%. So Beasley's a 63rd ranked player. I think he can maintain close to top 75, top 70 numbers the rest of the year. But the last two weeks is where you've really got to make your, make your uh, money because he is the 31st ranked player over those last two weeks. So any top 50 guy, if you can pull it off for Malik Beasley, just you know, use the argument. He is their second best player. And I think that's pretty clear at this stage. So use that argument. Jingling Joe Ingles is a sell high. And that is in large part, and by in large part, I mean almost entirely due to the absence of Mike Conley. Ingles is starting. He plays much better in a starting role. He's getting extra minutes in a starting role. He's handling the ball as well. He's shooting well. He's, he scored, I think, 27 points in the last game. And over the last week, he's the 36th ranked player playing 33 minutes a night in, with over those four games. For the year, he's 108th. So he's a back-end 12-team league guy. Now, those numbers have been inflated by the times that Conley's been out because over the last month, he's the 82nd ranked player. He's 78th over the last two weeks. He's shooting at a phenomenally good rate, 51% from the field all season with a massive sky-high free throw percentage. And in true Joe Ingles fashion, he's hitting 44% of his threes. 
He's hit 44% of his threes in two previous seasons already. So it's not completely outrageous. He's getting assists, but the difference there is 26 minutes versus 33 minutes. Like when Conley comes back, he loses four or five minutes. Uh, Jordan Clarkson loses four to five minutes. And yeah, Mia only goes out of the rotation. And that's how they work it out. So with Ingles, you're looking to get, I believe, any sort of top 100 player back in a deal. Yes, he's the 36th ranked player of the last week. You're never doing that. It's never happening. Forget about it. But using him and somebody else in a deal is what I'd try to do. But I'd also just be looking, can I get a top 100 player back for Joe Ingles? And the last guy I want to talk about is Terry Rogier's backcourt partner, LaMelo Ball. I love LaMelo Ball. I think he was the absolute no-brainer number one pick in the draft. I think he's the absolute no-brainer rookie of the year. I think he's the absolute no-brainer starter on this team and a potential future All-NBA player. I think he's that good. I am a little bit cautious in saying that he's going to be the 11th ranked player for the rest of the season, which is where he currently ranks. Now, I think that a top 20 finish for LaMelo is not, or top 20 from here on out is not outrageous. But he has not missed a free throw in his last three games. He's at 86% over the last seven games. He is hitting 57% of his twos in those last three games for a true shooting of of only 53%, weirdly enough, because he's poor three-point shooting. But mainly why his numbers are so high over the last two weeks, steals. He's had 14 steals in his last seven games. He's had nine steals in his last three games. He's averaging six assists and eight rebounds. I think he's really good. I would not give him up for anything outside of a top 15 player if I was trading him, but it's worth exploring. You probably, you know, you might laugh and say, LaMelo Ball, top 15, get both of your hands off your dick. Like, just get them off. I, I view him as a top 25 player moving forward. And when you're in that top 25 zone, the difference between being a top 12 player and a top 25 player is pretty substantial. So while I might say Ingles is you know, playing at this huge level and I think he might drop down 40 spots or whatever, if you go from 12th to 20th, it's a pretty big drop-off. It's the same as going from 50th to 80th in a lot of cases. So that's why I say if you're just trying to extract that little extra bit of value out of there from Lamella, any sort of top 15 guy, it might not happen. But I mainly, I mainly want to include him here just because he's kicking ass. Also, to mention to you, to not underestimate what he's doing and how good he's going to be for the rest of the season. I think that's important to note. Let's look at some points leagues. Sell high, guys. Nikola Vucevic of the Orlando Magic is the eighth-ranked player in the last week, averaging 51 points. Why is this the case? Well, they have no players. So he is playing a ton of minutes. He is scoring a ton of points. He's averaging 27 and 12. The 35 minutes a night is a lot. They'd like to keep him probably a bit lower, 33 most nights. And he is a guy that has had multiple injury concerns in the past. He has played over 80 games once in his career. In fact, he's played over 75 games just twice in his career. Um, So there is concern with him getting hurt. But there's also just, they might just scale down a little bit what we're doing here. He's averaging 46 for the year in fantasy points, and he's up to 51 over the last two weeks. So there's some squeezable room in there. Yeah, look look for him to be a 46 to 47 point producer the rest of the season. So if you can get a 50 point guy back, a 49 point guy back, it's a win. I've got Terry Rogier on my sell high for points leagues as well. It's the same story. He's averaging 35 this year, but over the last week, he's averaging 50. It's obviously a significant difference. You're not going to get him for a top 20 player, but can you get him for a 37-point player? You might be. You might be able to, just with the way things are trending, with the way player raiders are rating him, with with your last two-week score. He's having almost 42 points per game. So there is some room there to sell high on Rozier in points leagues as well. Big Mace Plumley. 
48 points per game over the last week. It's only two games for Mace, but let's expand it out to his last five games, averaging 39 points per game. He's at 29 over the course of the season. He has upped his production in a significant way. His steals have doubled um, over the last uh, month compared to his season-long numbers. But what's happened over the last week is he's played an extra seven minutes per game. And that is obviously impactful. At some point, we've seen the Pistons do it with Blake Griffin. At some point, we are going to see him the minutes come down a little bit and a little bit more Isaiah Stewart come into it. And that's going to drop those 34 minutes back to his seasonal number of 28 or 26 or whatever it is. So try and strike while the iron is hot with Mason Plumley. Yes. Now, I say this knowing that Mason Plumley in points leagues is not rostered everywhere, which is absolute insanity. So if he's on your waiver wire, just a quick PSA, what are you doing? Go on at him. But once you have him, or if you've got him and you've established that you've got him, because if you just pick someone off the waiver wire and you go to trade him, mate, what are you doing? You just picked him up off the waiver wire. Um then your league's obviously not valuing Mason Plumley. But if you've had him all season, or if you've had him a long time, now is the time to try and uh, make a move. Lou Williams, also benefiting from the absence of Paul George, the absence of Kawhi Leonard. Lou is averaging 39 fantasy points over the last week. That is a far cry from the 22 points he's averaging this season. Man, Lou's just figuring it out, if you listen to Pat Bev. You, he was just so down, he was out of form, now he's rolling. Is he, though? He is rolling, no, that, that's true. But is this a reflection of what Lou Williams does the rest of the season? I'll put my money on no. And if I can get a top 70 player back, a top 80 player back for Lou Williams, anyone who averages 27 fantasy points or more, I would absolutely do that in a deal. And then lastly, it's Jonas Valanciunas, who over the last two weeks is averaging 42 fantasy points per game. The 29th ranked player, which is well up on the 36 he's averaging this season. And again, like with Memphis... Maybe Jaron Jackson comes back, and if he does, then we're going to see somewhat of a reduction in what Valanciunas does, because Clark has to get some minutes, maybe they still give the cashier some playing time, and these 29 minutes and 42 fantasy points go down to 26 minutes, or 27 minutes, and 34 fantasy points, or 35 fantasy points, so trade him for a 39-point producer, you'll maybe take a bit of a short-term hit, but I think in the end, it does uh, end up benefiting you. Guys, subscribe, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and the old YouTube. Give me a thumbs up, leave a comment down below. And while you're at it, why don't you ring that bell? And let, so that lets you know when a new video comes out. Guys, we are done here. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. See ya.